good morning, everybody. We're going to welcome everyone to come join us. For those of you who have already joined us, thank you. We want to invite you to stand with us while we start with this first song.
morning, Mosaic. We invite you to take a seat right where you're at, and it is so good to be together this morning. If we haven't met, my name is Kurt. Uh, I have the um, incredible privilege of pastoring this family, and um, my wife and I and our kids just started our sixth year in Lincoln. It is... In my wife and I's married life, it is the longest we have ever lived in one location. Um, and I think we're discovering the beauty of that. And I think we're also discovering like just a lot of the hardship and trauma that came from moving around a lot. Can you feel me? Like if you've, if you've had that experience, like, whew. Um, but I, I think a big reason of why we're here longer than anywhere else is it's, it's you. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Um, be thou our vision. Such a beautiful heartbeat for the season of epiphany that is upon us. Uh, Epiphany is, is, it's become one of my um, just favorite seasons to move through in the church calendar. If you're not familiar with it, Epiphany begins with that event of those Gentile magi, those Gentile kings who journey from afar and they're drawn with this sense of wonder and awe and mystery and it's there that they meet this, this new king of Israel, um, God who was working through this one nation in bringing healing to the world, has now invited all nations and all peoples to be a part of healing the world, his world. That's what we get to be, Mosaic, healers together uh, of this hostile world. Um, Christianity, it's, it's not a system that you work. It's not a system that works. It's, it's not a scheme that you can somehow make work for you. In fact, a lot of the reason that maybe some of us in this room have had to deconstruct is because in a lot of ways, that's how Christianity was presented to us, right? As a system that works, as something that you have to fit in. And, and it's not a system that works or that you work. It's, it's a person who is working in you. Christianity is a person who is working in you. Christianity isn't something you get, it's a person who gets you. And that's what the Magi revealed to us. They're drawn to this person, this king, this healing king, who is going to come and through his life, death, and resurrection, and then inviting all of his followers to participate with him in his life, death, and and resurrection, is going to bring healing to a broken world. And and I love that. I love that. And so... um, we get to be uh, navigators together on our journeys, right? I think about those magi, those wise men who, Jesus is kind of this, he's their north star, right? 
They're, they're fixing their lives on him. And, and he's the one navigating their journey, drawing them to himself. And so we become fellow navigators together to say, Jesus, where are you in the world? How are you at work? And how can we participate with you? And I just want to take a moment this morning at the start of Epiphany to hear a few stories of a few people who have um, embodied that in the last few weeks. Um, a lot of you know, as a church, we said, what would it look like for us to come alongside uh, an Afghan refugee family who has come here to Lincoln and um, they don't speak the language, they don't have jobs, um, there's health issues that are present. The, the father of the family fell in his evacuation out of Afghanistan, hurt his shoulder, and so has to get some health care and physical therapy. And it's just like, how do we now help them, like, long-term sustainability of just housing and learning the, the monetary system, speaking the language, um, you know, just getting them connected and, and, and all of that too. Not only are we ministering to them, but we know that they'll be ministering to us. And so uh, Kylie Bowder, come on up here. Katie Bennett, come on up here. Um, Travis Feigard, come on up here. Nicole Leininger, come on up here. These are four individuals who leaned in and said, all right, let's be a point team that initially begins to come alongside this family. Obviously, we can't have 100-plus people overwhelm this family at one time, right? That would be overwhelming. So let's just start with four, and let's let these four begin to enter the slow work of just coming alongside this family. And I've asked each of these individuals just to share with you at the start of this epiphany season over the last three to four weeks as they've been interacting with this family. And I know even this week they got to introduce a couple more of you to the family. So I, I love it. We're now beginning to introduce more of you to, to the movement and what's going on. But I've asked each of them, 60 seconds or less, what are the things that you're pondering in your heart as you have interacted with this family. So Katie Bennett, it's your birthday. Let's wish Katie happy birthday, everybody. It's, it's only fitting for the birthday girl to share first. Hold on, let me make sure this is on. <laughs> um, I think for me, one of the beautiful things that I have seen kind of happen over and over again um, is seeing how much trust the family has put into us. Um, and Kurt was saying that the father of the family um, fell when they were evacuating, and um, Nicole has really stepped into um, really helping them with um, navigating the healthcare system. And it's really beautiful just to see them every time we show up um, share something with us and and be really vulnerable. And um, you know, when he's describing his shoulder, and <laughs> uh, we're using an interpreter, and so he's he's being really you know. Um, kind of like, uh, yeah, animated, that's a great word, Nicole, um, being really animated and, and showing on Nicole, like, where, where the pain hurts and um, all of that, I think it's just been really beautiful to see them just, like, put their trust in us, and I think um, kind of just looking at the world and, and looking at um, their personal experience, um, I think they're in a space where, like, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have to trust us, they wouldn't have to trust you know, humanity right now, they've been through so much, but um, just the joy that they, joy that they show every time that we show up, and um, just putting their trust in us, and I think that's been really beautiful for me to see, um, and Kurt saying, what are you pondering? I think for me, 
um, just having someone put that much trust in you. And then you, like for me, I've just been processing um, how, do, how do we show up for them and how do we um, just bring what we have and, um, you know, meet their needs, their needs just one, one need at a time and just, um, just showing up and, you know, being there for them has been really beautiful. Thanks, Katie. Travis, what do you got? Um, I think some of the things I've been pondering is, one, um, just the opportunity that we have with them, not only to help them out, but relationship-wise. Um, Kylea wins with the kids because the second we walk in the door, they all jump on her, and they just want, they just want a relationship. And so um, I'm pretty good at going in and fixing things, but not always great at spending time and developing really deep relationships. And so God's has been really challenging me to use this as an opportunity to really make a long-term impact with them. It's not just fixing things. It's just not helping them find a job and get their TV working, which we did this week, which was which was good. Um, so they can watch Pashtu on YouTube now. So that's their language. So, But really getting to where we're developing a relationship, like Katie said, the trust um, and being able to show Jesus' love through us to them is something that, we have an opportunity to do, um, and it's it, it, it's great, and we'll make a long-term impact with them. So um, it's been challenging, um, but really fulfilling so far. So Kylia, the kid magnet, that is very true. They do love you. What uh, what, what are you pondering in this journey? Um, well, I love talking on the mic, so thank you for, <laughs> for that. I just had to say that. Um, the thing that I've thought a lot about is putting, not that I could ever put myself in their shoes or experience what they're experiencing, but if I were to be somewhere with absolutely nothing and living an American life with that lens, I think if you had so little, you would be white knuckling everything that you owned and what you had. And what I've noticed is they don't do that, mm -hmm. right? Like um, when we're there, they are giving constantly, like tea, candy, nuts, food they want to feed you and it's like you have so little right now and you want to bring me this feast right and that is a lesson I think just to think about for myself um, how am I white knuckling and how could I give more in those spaces um, and additionally I also want to just note like the relationships between us four up here are really like yeah we all aside from Travis I had relationships with <laughs> Nicole and Katie <laughs> But now I know Travis, right? And, like, I've known him in a different way than I would have just, like, meeting him at Mosaic and all of our strengths coming out in different ways um, to make a team and then hopefully, you know, again, like, reach the greater team of Mosaic and pull people in one by one. So. Yeah, cool. Nicole, I know you. What do you got? Well, I'm going to follow this up. Um, it's lovely to hear from each one of you. I What a moment for me, too, to kind of hear where you guys are pondering, because we're always talking the details. Um, and no one said that for a little bit. They may have thought that the three of us were Travis's wives. <laughs> we try. <laughs> Lucky him. I mean. So... Once we were able to undo that, <laughs> we've been able to move forward nicely. Um, but 
Now, uh, as I've stepped into this, um, just even following, I didn't know what Kurt was saying this morning, but just knowing a smidge of what it's like to choose to dismantle your life and move your family to another location, here is a family who did not get to choose to dismantle their life in Afghanistan, but instead had an enemy come in and knock it down and make them run to save their souls and their lives and their children. So for us to be able to come in and begin to build a trust that allows them to begin to dream and share with us how they want to rebuild their life, what are the Lego pieces they want, perhaps we're some of them. Um, this week, what I'm pondering is that I felt like I got to stand on some holy ground. Just being with Nayaz at a couple of appointments and Zarbibi, um, learning more of their frailty. Um, uh, even Zarbibi said through the translator, people look at me and think I'm strong, but my legs are weak and I feel like I'm going to faint and I'm not well. And um, hearing that and sitting in that sacred space with her, seeing beyond what I think is very courageous and strong, going, here's a woman who's crying out for help. And for Nayaz, taking him for a shot appointment and PT, which was something else, you can talk to me about that, trying through a translator to get someone who's in a lot of pain to do these crazy things <laughs> with his arm. And um, talk about animated, but... Monday through the translator, it meant so much to me because he said, please tell Nicole that um, when I see her, I get so excited because I feel like I'm seeing my sister. And Thursday through the translator, he said, please tell Nicole, um, if I'm laughing and smiling, I am not laughing and smiling at her because I think she's funny, I'm laughing because um, I'm so happy someone's helping me, finally helping me is what he said. And she is like my sister. And I think we've been able to stand in that holy ground, that holy space, feeling like we are becoming family. And there's not a whole lot more I can say to that, um, but it is worth it, so. Thanks for sharing, guys. And I, I encourage all of you, um, just be praying for these individuals as they continue to walk this road. Um, I know, like I said already, they've introduced a few of you already to the family. They'll be inviting others into certain movements with the family. And, and our hope is that that just continues to be holy ground where we meet Jesus present there. Um, and um, guys, thank you for your example to us. Um, can we give them a hand, Mosaic? And yeah, we'll let you return to your seats. Um, Mosaic, my, my hope for us in this season of Epiphany, uh, I, I know we've all seen a lot. We've all been thinking about a lot of things over the last number of years. And... Um, I know Jesus cares about what we think and what we're processing mentally, um, but I also know that I think he wants us to just kind of lay that to the side. And what does it look like to step into really loving our neighbors, loving one another, 
this year. Um, growing in love. Because I, I, this much I know, you know, it's like we said, Christianity, this Christian faith, it's, it's not a system that we figure out, that we make work in our minds. It's, it's a movement into love, into self-emptying love, into creating peace in a hostile world. Um, bringing healing where there are fractures and divides and all kinds of things. And let's allow Jesus, the one who has shown us such beautiful love for the world, let's allow Jesus to be that, that true north star for us as we keep moving forward in this next year. Uh, may he truly be uh, the king of our hearts, right? Let's stand together and let's sing a couple more songs. Thank you, James and Rebecca, for leading us. And let's allow these next moments just to be an opportunity to uh, worship and share together. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, he is my song. You are good, good. Oh, you are good, good.
pray, Mosaic. God, thank you so much for this space, this moment in time as we know it. May you do a good healing work of rest and renewal in our lives as we share in this together. And may you then ready us and send us out to be healers in a hostile world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Mosaic, I want to share a sentence of good news for us as we move through this journey through Epiphany together. It's from Jesus himself. We read it in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verse 10. I think it's a defining moment in Luke's Gospel. And Jesus says this about himself. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Ah, the lost. This is um, unique times that we live in. We all feel it, right? Very unique times that we live in. And God is doing a lot of saving in the story of the scriptures. Um, Jesus steps on the scene and God's kingdom is uh, manifest in a very clear, powerful way as uh, Jesus is there and he's, he's healing. He's um, bringing those who have been isolated and cut off from the community. He's bringing them back into fellowship where there's hostility. He's bringing people together. Um, he's rescuing people from um, oppression and possession and all kinds of things. And um, of course, there's this sense that Jesus is doing then this, this saving work that is um, somehow needed to lift humanity out of the mess that we had created for ourselves. And we want to explore this saving work of Jesus as we move through these weeks of epiphany together. I think all of us, maybe not all of us, I don't, I don't want to put that on you, but I think a lot of us in here have a sense that perhaps we've come to the end of ourselves as a society. And, and we need outside intervention. You know, a couple of weeks ago, man, if you were watching Monday Night Football, and um, if you were, you weren't here at our love feast, uh, but I got home from our love feast, and of course, I wanted to know what was happening on Monday Night Football. And, and I got home, and I, I turned on the TV, and, and something had happened. It, it took me a while to, to, to know what it was and to hear the whole story. But of course, we, we remember the powerful image of Damar Hamlin laying there on the field. And, and we remember, like, seeing this, and there was kind of this... Um, it was an epiphany moment, I think, as a society, right? Of like, whoa, someone who is so strong, who is, performs at such an elite high level, is in deep need of rescue and salvation right now. 
and, and there was this sense of like, like we hadn't seen before of like so many different people crying out like, you know, God, you know, save him, do, you know, rescue him, do something, do something, right? It, it really was this epiphany moment of like salvation is needed in this moment. And as I, as I pondered, like just seeing that over the next few days, it, it couldn't help but, but strike me like maybe this is an epiphany moment for us as a society. Like this, this speaks at a surface level to something that's even deeper that we know that needs to happen in each of us. Like, in a lot of ways, we personally, and I speak metaphor here, like, we are the people, not only personally as individuals, but perhaps our families, our workplaces, our society, it's like we're on the ground, it's like we need CPR because we are in a bad place. Uh, Murray Bowen, who was a systems theory guy, and those systems could be family systems, work systems, community systems. This was a number of decades ago. He, he wrote this, and I, I think it still rings very true. Murray Bowen said, I believe man is moving into crisis of unparalleled proportions, that the crisis will be different from those he had faced that they will come with increasing frequency for several decades. Change will require a change in the basic nature of man, and man's track record for that kind of change has not been good. Can I get an amen? Right? Man, I, we, we feel this. We feel this. We feel these these things that we're facing, they keep coming at us with increasing frequency, right? We, we face it every day in our homes, in our relationships, in our schools, in our workplaces, in society, just at all of these systems levels. And Murray Bowen, one of the things that I love about him is he talked about this ability to um, remain in the midst of that as a non-anxious presence. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't feel anxiety. Oh, you feel the anxiety. But how can you remain present in the midst of all of this coming at you and stay close to the world around you so that you can continue to be a healing agent in the midst of a world that desperately needs change. And I believe the only way that we can do that, Mosaic, is if we become a people who often see Jesus as the one who is saying to each of us, I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. And when the Bible speaks of salvation, Mosaic, salvation is not God rapturing a group of people and taking us out of this place. That, that is not the end goal of salvation as the scriptures talk about it, as Jesus lived his life. No, it's actually completely the opposite. It's actually Jesus rapturing heaven, the shalom of heaven, the peace of heaven, the wholeness of heaven. It's Jesus rapturing that and bringing it to us. 
that we would experience that first and foremost as a gift that we receive from Jesus, that when we then share with one another, that then we take that out into the world, and there's this salvation from heaven that comes, and it becomes a real thing here. That that's what biblical salvation is. And that's what we get to be a part of. One of the things that I miss the most about New Jersey, and there's not a lot. I miss a lot of people. I miss a lot of people. I'm, I'm probably the only one in my family who says those things. Um, I miss people, but I, I, I miss the New Jersey transit. Dang, do I miss the New Jersey transit. Um, there was... You know, the last town we lived in Hawthorne, it had a train station right there, and it was so earthy. Just, it wasn't pretty, you know, but it's like, and it like, the train tracks went right through town, and like, houses are budded right up against the train tracks, and every day, multiple times a day, every 10 or 15 minutes, the train's going through, blowing its whistle, the gates, ding, 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 you know, and it just, there was something about like, the invitation of that train, just like, it's like it was calling your name, like, come on, you know you want to go on a journey, don't you? There's so many things to explore, so many places to see, and it's only $2.50 a ticket. Come on, you know? Like, we would even sometimes just hop on the train to, to go to the next town over to get ice cream, um, even though we could maybe drive there faster, you know? It's like, but, but it was fun just riding the train. I, I think about salvation as a, as a train experience. There's a sense that the train is, it's right there in front of you. And there's an opportunity to step onto the train. And, and when, you, when you make the choice to step onto the train, boom, you've made, the, you've made that decision that, that I'm, I'm stepping into this salvation that has come my way. You know, it's like, Jesus, you've presented yourself to me. And yeah, although there's so many questions that I have, at the same time, your life, death, and resurrection speaks so powerfully to me. And, and you've brought this salvation to me, and I'm, 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 I'm choosing to step into this. And so there's this sense that salvation is this, this immediate thing that, boom, like, yes, you've, you made this decision to consciously step into this. So I can make the choice to step onto the train, but, but now I have to ride the train. And, and the beautiful thing about riding the train is you never know who's going to get on the train with you. And although there's a lot of beautiful people who get on the train with you, dude, there is always that, there's always that hedge fund manager who gets on the train and he's on his phone and he wants everyone to know how important he is. And he wants you to hear his conversations like, no, this guy's on the train too, you know? And then there's late at night, the person who gets on and they're just wasted and they're obnoxious. And you're like, really? They're getting on the train too? And you realize like, man, like I'm on the train and ugh, but yet all these other people get to be on the train too. And now I've got to put up with all this and I'm on the train. And like, as you're on the train, you're driving through just all of these, not driving through, you're riding through all of these, you know, back neighborhoods of like, look at that, look at that. Like things that you would never see. There's all these discoveries along the way. And, and salvation is very much that, right? It's a journey. It's a journey that we're on. And so it's not just a, a choice at some point in time to step on the train, but it's in the sense of like, I'm, I'm on the train. I'm along for this ride. 
And there's going to be a lot of hard things along the way. There's going to be a lot of discoveries along the way, but I'm, I'm opening myself up to this. Of course, the beautiful thing about the train is, is there's a destination too. And one day you will experience that destination, you know, as you ride the train. You'll get to where you're going. And salvation has that sense of like, not only does it have a beginning, but it also has a process of you opening yourself up to this process, but also then there's this end destination. Think about salvation, ultimately our end destination being ultimately that age to come that the scriptures talk about. This age in which Jesus arrives again and truly makes all things new. There's no more crying, there's no more pain, all of this. And so when we talk about the Son of Man coming to seek and to save that which was lost. Yes, there's this moment in our lives where this salvation becomes real, but then there's this moment all throughout our lives, these moments over and over and over again where we allow this salvation to continue to wear on us, just like the train ride, right? It, it becomes part of us, but then there's this beautiful finality to it. And so there's this sense of like, I've been saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved. Um, theological terms, you know, I've, I've been declared forgiven. You know, Jesus has shown up in his life, death, and resurrection. Karl Barth, one of the great theologians, um, he was asked the question, hey, somebody asked him, when were you saved? And uh, he said, well, I was probably around 33 AD. <laughs> you know, like there was something there at the cross and at the resurrection of Jesus, like salvation was brought to humanity. And it's, it's the train that's like, it's in our town. And so we're like, yeah, I'm gonna be a part of it, you know? But there's this process now of like, I'm gonna continue to ride this train of the earthiness of it, the grit and the feel of it. And then I'm gonna experience it one day. And so Jesus, I just wanna wrap up for a few moments here. Jesus, the story before, um, this statement that he makes, this good news, um, he has an interaction with a wee little man. Zacchaeus was his name. And um, this wee little man climbed the sycamore tree. And Luke 19.1, Jesus entered Jericho. Jericho is not far from Jerusalem. Jesus is actually on his way to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, knowing um, that he will be handed over knowing that he will be offering his life. And so this is a, a, a key moment in Luke's gospel. And Jesus, um, Luke tells us in just a few paragraphs earlier, Jesus had an interaction with a wealthy man, and Jesus invited this wealthy man to not only step into salvation, but then allow the process of salvation to be one in which he would learn to, to let go of his belongings and the man's like, I can't stay on this train. I, I can't do it. And he walked away sad. But then there's this moment with Zacchaeus. And so Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Um, now Zacchaeus, the, the name itself um, comes from the Hebrew word zakay, um, which means righteous one or innocent one. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so there's, there's something going on here because Zacchaeus is, is not so righteous. He's not so innocent as we'll find. Um, 
but I think Jesus is in the business of reclaiming people's identity, right? And so a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Typically in the Gospels, let's just say it all the time, in the Gospels, if you're classified as wealthy, it's not going to be good for you. Um, it's just, it's, you know, it's just the way it is. Um, Jesus wants to deal with our wealth. And guys, all of us in here are wealthy. We are. I, I think I know us pretty well. We all, we're, all, we're all making it. Um, and so this is for us. It's for us too. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, Jesus looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. And remember, it was Abraham at the very beginning of the story who God said, look, I'm going, to, I'm going to work through you, and through you, I'm going to bring healing to the world through you and your descendants. And so Jesus says to Zacchaeus, yes, today salvation has come to this individual. It's like there's a few things that I want to just bring to our attention this morning and just share good news with you. Notice the hospitality of Jesus in this story. Jesus longs to share his hospitality with you throughout this calendar year. He longs to be present with you. Regardless of what others say about you, regardless of what you say about yourself, regardless of your past experiences, regardless of shame that you feel, regardless of choices you've made in the past, notice the hospitality of Jesus. He simply wants to be present with you. It's important that you know, and I know a lot of you know this, but here at Mosaic, the last thing that we want to do is busy you with lots of religious activity. Because busying you with lots of religious activity has a way of actually pulling you from truly being present with the hospitality of Jesus. Here at Mosaic, we see it as my calling, but also the calling for us as a church, not to busy you with religious activity, but to actually teach you how to clear a space and to actually rest where you can truly engage with the hospitality of Jesus that he brings to you. That you personally would experience that, but then also you would share with others in this space with you in creative ways where you would slow down and say, how is Jesus ministering to you in the midst of his hospitality? And that you would help cultivate that with one another. That's a beautiful, beautiful movement for us. 
And in the midst of that hospitality, what is happening is Jesus is showing Zacchaeus, hey, here's a way that you've been engaging with life, right? And I get it, man. When crises are flying at us at the frequency that they are in our world, as scary as things are right now, all of the changes, right? All of the financial uncertainty and everything else, the one thing that I want to do is see things through the eyes of my personal kingdom. I want to build a kingdom that feels safe and secure for me. And Jesus meets us in that place and says, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. Don't try to build your kingdom in the way that you would like it. Open yourself up to the journey. Right? Undergo this process of riding the train. There are things that I want to show you. There are things that I want to reveal to you. There are new ways of engaging with the world around you that I want to save you from patterns that are no good for you in the midst of this world as we know it. And guys, I'm not here to prescribe you solutions. I'm here simply to invite you to Jesus, who if you're willing to take this journey with him, he will show you, he will reveal to you the things that he longs to rescue you from in order to truly bring you life. And when Zacchaeus experiences this hospitality of Jesus, there's, there's, there's changes. There's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move from this and I'm going to move into this. And I believe that Jesus has that for each of us this year. And there's healing in that. There's healing in that. There's rescue in that. There's salvation in that. And, and my hope for you is at the end of this calendar year, that you start this calendar year, and I know all of us could come in here and we could say, my trauma, my trauma, and it's real because we've faced all of these crises coming at us in increasing frequency, and we've all experienced trauma. And my hope is in the midst of all of those times that we say, but my trauma, but my trauma, that when we get to the end of this calendar year, because we've learned how to slow down, allow the hospitality of Jesus to meet us, to realize that he truly has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And it's this process of being saved over and over again from these things that are battling against us, that when we would get to the end of this calendar year, we would say, not my trauma, but we would say, my healing. Oh, my healing. Look at how Jesus has brought healing to me. That will set you on a whole new trajectory. When your life changes from it being my trauma, not that it didn't happen, it did happen, it's real. But as you open yourself to the hospitality of Jesus, and now it's my healing, my healing. And chances are that healing may look different than how you think it will look. But if you open yourself up to this process of realizing that Jesus has come to seek and to save that which is lost, will you allow his hospitality to meet you, to reveal to you the ways that maybe you're still lost, the ways that you still need to be saved? And as we move throughout Epiphany in the weeks to come, as we gather, we're going to explore a little bit more of just how God's salvation plays out in the scriptures, the invitations that are there for us. So I invite you on that journey, Mosaic. I invite you on that journey. On the weeks that we don't meet here, I hope that that creates a creative space for you where you can cultivate in some creative way on those second and fourth Sunday weekends an opportunity, whether it's 
with a few others, whether it's just you, whatever that needs to look like for you, that this could be a space where you could clear space to allow the hospitality of Jesus to meet you. I want to invite um, Nikki and Jackson, mother and son, um, who are going to come forward this morning and um, invite us into the healing presence of Jesus who is here with us. And James and Rebecca, come on back up. Mosaic, um, as we always do at the end of our gathering, we want to allow this to be a space where we simply come to Jesus and just say, Jesus, with my very being, I'm saying do what you need to do in my life. Reveal what you need to reveal. Bring your salvation in the way that you need to bring it. And when he was with his disciples on that night before his death, he took bread and he said, this is my body. He gave thanks, he broke it, and he said, it's given for you. Take and eat. And at the end of the meal, he took a cup and he said, this cup represents the new covenant in my blood. A sign of God's unfailing love for you, the forgiveness of sin. The invitation to stay on the train, keep taking the journey. Let's go together. And so we'll do that in this moment. Mosaic, I invite you to um, just make your way to the back of the room. Come alongside the blue wall right here and uh, allow Nikki and Jackson uh, to serve you. Let's stand together and we'll trust that God will do his good work uh, in us uh, as the family of God this morning. Jesus, uh, thank you that you are in the business, um, that you are in the movement of seeking and saving that which is lost. Jesus, open our eyes to the ways that we are still lost, to the ways that we need your salvation so desperately in the midst of difficult times. And we trust now uh, that you will meet us in this space and do a good work in us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Mosaic, we practice an open uh, communion here, and so um, know that you are welcome, regardless of your past, regardless of your story. And if you're not at that place, feel free to just stay where you're at. Um, but we welcome you at this time. Make your way to the back room. Um, come along the side of the blue wall here. Thank you for the cross that you have carried. Thank you for your blood that was shed. You took the weight of sin upon your shoulders and sacrificed your life so I could live. Now nothing is holding me back from you, Redeemer of my soul. Nothing can hold me back. Thank you for your death and resurrection. Thank you for the power of your blood. I am overwhelmed by your affliction.
Jackson and Nikki, thank you for reminding us of God's unfailing love for each of us. Mosaic, thank you for gathering here this morning. I encourage you, um, if there's someone that you haven't met, take a moment, say hello, uh, get to know just a little bit of their story. Um, don't be afraid to trade a phone number, you know? Share an experience next weekend together as we don't gather here. Um, but if you are signed up on our email list, um, we do send some resources your way, but again, really, that's an opportunity for you to clear the space and um, look to engage in beautiful, creative ways together. Uh, Mosaic, as those who have been saved, are being saved, and one day will enter into that final salvation, may you go from this place and may you, like Zacchaeus, having a change of, saying it's no longer about my kingdom, my security, me, but it's about finding myself in Christ and sharing that healing salvation with the world around. Uh, may you embody that with those around you this week. Grace and peace to you, Mosaic. We will be back here in two weeks. Um, we look forward to seeing you then. Again, say hello to someone that you don't know. Enjoy this beautiful, beautiful January day.